discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, He Young. I'm joined by Xingyu in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Coming up, we share with you what we've read, what we've seen, what we've enjoyed. Essentially, what's made us happy in Roundtable's happy place. And the ocean is teeming with wildlife and mystery. To plumb its depths is to discover a world filled with activity and creatures you never thought to imagine. It's perhaps no wonder scientists have been studying the ocean for decades, and they have even been collecting sounds of the sea. So if you find yourself craving even more connection to nature, or just need a change of scenery from the drab office you have been working all year, check out our discussion today. And our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcasts. We love that you listen to the show and we want to hear from you. Your observations, questions, and comments are all appreciated. We read every single email and listen to every single voice memo you send us. You can reach us at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. Your voice could be featured in the show in our heart-to-heart segment. And now, welcome to Roundtable's Happy Place. Delivery, delivery, delivery. What is it? Happiness from Round Table. So, what's your happy place, Xingyu? My happy place is a place. <laughs> Last week, I took few days off, and I paid a visit to the Mulan Hunting Ground in Hebei Province in North China. And I think it's really a nice place to visit in summer. A little bit of a history here. In the past, this place served as a a place for emperors to hunt. So the Kangxi Emperor first organized this hunting there in the 17th century, and each year in the autumn season, the emperor himself would participate in the hunt along with thousands of soldiers, imperial family members, and officials. So it's an like an annual practice. And in Chinese, actually, it has a term called. Mulan Qiuxian. Have you heard of it? <laughs> yes. Oh, and yeah. Also seen um, this um, event being oh. depicted time and time again in popular drama? literature oh. and, and, uh, and drama as yeah, well. Yeah. Right. Huan <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Not gonna do and, English translation. <laughs> and nowadays, it's a nice getaway spot to get close to nature and see the vast prairie horses and cows. And it's especially popular with tourists in summer season when the grass is green and temperatures are pleasant.、Um, to be honest, it's much cooler than in Beijing, so it's a nice getaway spot in summer. And also for me,、uh, what impressed me most were two shows, like the stunning performances. I think that are worth watching. One of them is the Mongolian horse riding performance.、Mm. They're like doing the acrobatics on horsebacks, and another is. Dattiehua is in yeah, English. It's called molten iron flower fireworks. I don't know, but it's the, it's China's intangible cultural heritage, and it's famous in Hebei Province. And it's basically splashing the these molten iron against a cold surface to create like sparks that look like fireworks. I've seen pictures before, but when you look at this. 
this whole fireworks um, with your own eyes is, is quite something. And I have some other thoughts on environmental protection as well. Because during this process, it's a little bit disturbing and upsetting to see uh, the traces left by tourists on the green grass, like plastic bags, cans, or garbage. And I know there's uh, currently a pent-up demand um, of traveling right now in China, but I think it's important to be environmentally conscious and uh, try to reduce your carbon footprints on this beautiful land. That's great to know you had a good time there and something <laughs> to recommend to everybody. Yeah, yeah. And Josh, what's your happy place? Yeah, I just want to say that's quite beautiful as well.、Um, my happy place is recently I. Was getting pretty tired with work as everybody does, and I was listening to a song that always cheers me up, and it's a song called "You Get What You Give" by a band called the New Radicals, and it's still a fantastic song. And I was, <laughs> but then I sat there and I thought about the lyrics for a minute, and it really made me think. This song, and it still gives me happiness. But I thought, do you really always get what you give? This is a pretty well-known proverb <laughs> in English, which means basically you only get. Back from life, as much effort as you want to put in, and I thought for a second, and I thought that's completely untrue, right? This, I'm sorry, but that proverb is just not true. You don't always get what you give. I think this maybe applies if you're maybe being lazy or something <laughs> like this, but sometimes you give and you, and it's a complete waste of energy and effort, and actually you end up getting less than what you give, which is pretty normal, right? And I thought about this for a while, and I thought, well, what am I going to do with this? Revelation. For <laughs> I'm sure for many people, save it for roundtable, right? And, and happy place. Yeah, <laughs> of all places. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know this. This is going somewhere happy. I promise. <laughs> and I thought, well, I, I realized that once again, I come back to this idea of stoicism and this idea of this ancient ph philosophical school, which emphasizes the importance, right? Of distinguishing between what you can and cannot control, and what you should and should not put effort into, and what you should and should not put energy and emotion into, and trust into, and what you should just let go and let be. So, I guess the proverb is true: you should, you do get what you give, but you have to be careful where you put that energy into. And so, this is making me feel happier these days because I'll be honest, you know, I've been having some troubles with work, but. Um, yeah, and this is my happy place, I guess, a place of stoic calmness. Do I sound <laughs> calm? I you do. I, I do. Yeah, and certainly, I think、um, yeah. it's we we all need to sort of go through this thought process because, yeah, like on, on a certain level, that saying you share with us is true, but it's you can't take these things too、mm. literal because、um, you know, yeah, in, in certain、sure. ways.、Um, Life's too complex, right? Yeah, it、mm. is. It really、yeah. is. Yeah, and that's actually, I think, a caveat that's worth noting for all of the sayings that we share on the show, because in a different context, <laughs> you know, it could be interpreted completely differently.、Um, but also, I think it depends on our perspective, how we decide to look at, you know, even if it's the same painting, the same book. The same cup of coffee that you're enjoying, and、um, it just brings out different reflections at different moments of the day or different moments in our life. And and Josh, I hope you 
can reach your happy place sooner than later. And、um, admittedly, nobody can live in the happy place forever. If you're always there, you won't even realize it's happy anymore. Anyhow, <laughs> my happy place this week is a book I would like to share with you. It's called Small Giants: Companies That Choose to Be Great Instead of Big, by Bo Burlingham, and this is a book about companies. That are utterly determined to be the best at what they do. They've all had the opportunity to raise a lot of capital, grow very fast, do mergers and acquisitions, expand、uh, geographically, and generally follow the well-worn route of other successful companies. However, they have chosen to pursue their goals that they consider more important than getting as big as possible as fast as possible. So it's kind of like a counterintuitive approach to building a business, putting the focus around employee satisfaction and gains rather. Rather than building the company to the sky, and really, when it comes to managing a business or managing your life, there's no right answer. And maybe this kind of thought of it's okay to stay small and beautiful、mm-hmm. might not get as much fanfare. And but these are business、uh, owners who have chosen not to scale very, very deliberately. And one example is.、Um, Okay, so there's this guy who makes leather pants in California, and specifically, the person who made、uh, leather pants for is this mega star, and、um, and they became hugely famous because she has really nice legs. But also, the pants were really cool, and、um, it, it became just huge among a certain circle of people.、Um, so I guess it's just about being small、mm-hmm. is beautiful, and. You can be different that way, and I know this is、um, just very different from what we're used to、um, listening to, sort of MBA lessons and、um, and what's been popularized in our culture and what you see in magazines. But this grow or die notion is a false dichotomy, and what these Businesses have chosen is to stay private and closely held, and、uh, place other goals ahead of growth. In return, they get two important things: control and time. And the combination of control plus time equals freedom, or more precisely, the opportunity for freedom. And if you're not into business strategies, then this book might not be for you. But I really love this message. Sounds deep. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's particularly relevant to today's zeitgeist. Maybe demand is softening in your respective field. Fast capitalism pouring in like they used to. Job security could be an issue, but doing something maybe small and niche, but doing it in great excellence might help you find your crowd, potential customer, make a living. Or just be enough to sustain you until the next endeavor. And I think in different times we need to think differently. So going small instead of big might have its own philosophical merit too. So that's what I want to share with you. Coming up next, we're gonna listen to the sound of the sea together. Stay tuned. Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable, where East meets West, and understanding is the goal.
It's the hour of roundtable with myself, He Young. I'm joined by Xin Yu in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. The ocean covers more than 70% of the surface of our planet. It's hard to imagine, but about 97% of the Earth's water could be found in our ocean. Of the tiny percentage that's not in the ocean, about 2% is frozen up in glaciers and ice caps. Scientists around the world have been closely paying attention to the sounds of the ocean for decades. And it's really the use of new technologies such as artificial intelligence that has assisted scientists in piecing together a more intricate picture of marine life under the sea. So Xingyu, tell us what's going on. With collecting sounds from the sea. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to think that sometimes the ocean can be very quiet on the surface, but actually deep beneath it, it's noisy. <laughs> And scientists say sound is essential to many marine animals. Um, for some, it's their it's one of their tools to survive, and for others, they use sound to navigate, to communicate, or mate. And in recent years, these new technologies, especially the development of AI, have helped researchers in listening to the ocean more carefully. And here's what I've found that AI is helping them to do,、um, as reported by BBC Future Planet. And one of them is sorting out these huge amounts of data in a very short period of time, and this. In- Greatly improved deficiency、uh, in analyzing the sounds, and these recordings of already known species can help researchers to monitor changes in the ocean's ecosystems and to measure biodiversity under climate change and other human impacts. And by looking at the change of these sounds, we can see whether the species is healthy or damaged. And also, it's a way to learn about the complex behaviors of marine animals. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the ocean really possesses a lot of really interesting sonic qualities that make them just so calming and suitable for making music, especially ambient music. And、um, there's so many different things to talk about here as to why. There's the more technical side of it because there's actually a lot of sonic qualities that the ocean gives us and nature gives us as well on a broader scale that make us feel calm. Um, but I think the ocean, as well, is definitely a, a very mysterious place to us as well. So、mm. there's a lot of、um, sort of spooky uneasiness, sort of. <laughs> and I think there's that weird sort of point between、mm. being uneasy and sort of spooky and also calming, right?、Yeah. In that sort of dreamlike state of affairs. Yeah,、mm. very much a paradoxical existence, and its force can be so fierce, but at the same time, it. Can be so calm and quiet, but yeah, it just makes one all the more fearful in a way. But also, you know, you you appreciate the tranquility at moments as well. Without further ado, what does it sound like deep in the ocean? Let's have a listen, and we have、uh, a few clips for you. They're each very very short, and、um, it requires you to. Listen closely. The first one is the crackling sound made by snapping shrimp.
I'm sorry. That sounded like frying shrimp. Sorry, <laughs> frying shrimp. I, I'm no. a little hungry right no. now. I skipped lunch. Sorry, guys. Sorry, I apologize. That's so cruel to the shrimp. <laughs> oh, I, I apologize. And the next one, the next clip is the aggressive sounds of a clownfish. Mm. Sounds very aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> And one more. This is the croak of a mysterious fish. Mm. Mysterious in a way that I don't know what it's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wonder what language they speak.、Um, all these clips. Have been collected by Steve Simpson, a professor of marine biology and global change at the University of Bristol in the UK.、Mm. So, Josh, what are your thoughts? You know, hearing all these sounds from the deep ocean. I think it's amazing, honestly.、Um, I I want to go and listen to more of these. I think there's just <laughs> something so fascinating about. The rhythmic nature, I think, of all of these sounds—that's something that really gets me—is that they all seem to have a sort of rhythm to them, and I think that's one of the reasons also why the ocean and the sounds of the ocean can often make us feel very calm and relaxed, because the sort of ebb and flow of the waves is like a pretty steady beat or pulse, which is really good as like a white noise thing to help people go to sleep. I know people will listen to waves and. And things like this, but I know that these sounds don't exactly sound like waves, but they're still really low frequency noises, and there's like,、um, it there's pulsating and things like this, and I, I don't know. I just want to listen to more of it. It's fascinating, and it does sound <laughs> like a language, doesn't it?、Yeah. I mean, there's a pattern there almost, I guess. Yeah,、mm. and and why do you think the scientists have put in so much effort in? Collecting these sounds and studying these sounds. Well, there actually so much more we need to know to discover the ocean, and actually the、uh, statistics has it that、um, just ten percent of the ocean species have been found for now, and there are around two million remaining species undiscovered in the ocean. So, I think、um, studying or researching the sounds. Beneath the ocean is kind of a way to discover、um, the species living in the ocean. It's a one way, and also listening to the presence or the absence of noises made by these creatures can、um, indicate how they are doing in the ocean. Whether they are impacted by the these human、um, practices or they are impacted by the climate change. It's a way to indicate their status of health. Actually, sound plays a vital role, not just in the ocean, but in out of the ocean on land. When it comes to measuring and monitoring ecosystems and planning cities, and when it comes to things like topography and working out whether species are surviving or migrating in the right way or how they're communicating. Sound has played a vital role in all of this, and it's something that I think is often neglected, or its importance is often ignored. And when we go to the depths of the ocean, where we can't see anything a lot of the time, or where it's very difficult to send 
people down into to research sound and the measurement of sound with very high quality and specific microphones really are our best shot at understanding what's going on down there. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it's incredible what you can do with microphones, actually. Um, I won't go too deep into it because it's probably <laughs> going to get too boring and nerdy, but I think we can see even from today that even listening to these noises, even as a non-expert like myself, I don't know much about these animals, but just by listening to these sounds, I've already got a much more vivid image in my head, I would say. I mean, I don't know exactly what they look like when they're doing this, but I can sort, I feel like I know them better somehow. Wow. And I don't know, there's something to be said for that, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's these special hydrophones that are used with its own battery pack mm -hmm. um, and creating minimal noise because ideally you also don't want to disturb ocean yeah. life when you're doing these recordings and studying. Um, but mm. And that's one thing that humans need to really be more careful about when we are doing and conducting these studies. Mm, to minimize the impacts on these marine lives. And also uh, another interesting takeaway for me is that um, there are lots of unknown sounds that even researchers haven't heard before. And one can have very limited knowledge in, in, it, in his or her own research. So this year saw the world's first collaboration in underwater sound recordings. And they have this library uh, called Globs would collect these underwater sounds from experts and citizen scientists to help researchers track what's going on in uh, the marine ecosystems. And this library uh, will share information so that it can get easier for people to piece together the puzzle. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. The ocean covers almost two-thirds of the world's surface and plays a crucial role in supporting life on our planet from the air we breathe and the food we eat and the weather and uh, climate patterns. But there are still so many big gaps in our knowledge of ocean life. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, you guys mentioned climate change. And on August the 24th, uh, Japan started releasing treated radioactive water from the tsunami hit Fukushima nuclear plant into the Pacific Ocean, despite opposition from its neighbors. And this is definitely, well, it's, it's worrying, I think, for yeah. a lot of people who, well, this is the thing. Our world is connected. And um Although this decision came weeks after the UN's nuclear watchdog approved the plan. Um, but it's just these days when you look at how our climate is changing, how the earth is reacting to so many things of, um, you know, human activity. So I think the future of our planet and humans on it requires us to to do more and yeah. do better and it's not just a concern anymore it's really about taking action yeah so these these are some of my thoughts right now and is that a pun because the depths of ocean are dark um yeah no pun intended well it is it <laughs> it's a pretty dark place to go to and it's not i'm not just talking about the depths of the ocean it is sad to think about and i think that practical measures do need to be 
taken. But I also think that's why work such as this, the collection of sounds such like such as this is so important because without this kind of data, without this kind of, um, you know, sort of tangible things to make that environment relatable, I don't think people are going to care as much. I mean, we all know what gorillas look like, right? And so maybe it's easier to care about them in the jungle. I don't know. I'm speculating here, but maybe it's easier to care about them because we know what they look like. We know what they sound like. But when it comes to the depths of the ocean, it's still pretty much an enigma, I think, mm. because we just don't know. So that's, I think it has a direct correlation and link with environmental protection, the collection of data and these sound sampling techniques. Yeah. What you just mentioned pretty much um, sums up the history or the difficulty of environmental protection and how that can be popularized to every person because a lot of the times when you can't pick a face once you can't really place this creature with something that you can resonate with then it makes it difficult for people to care especially with these like really small changes of the environment but to a certain point after x amount of years and then it's uh it's sort of um mounts to this period of eruption and um and and it's a lesson that we really need to learn you know to to mm -hmm. act before it's too late yeah and for a sustainable future i think it's getting even more important for us to preserve marine ecosystems and we cannot take the ocean just for granted actually it's facing very serious threats for example climate change uh, like we talked about, is causing ocean temperatures to rise and making a variety of marine species not able to survive. And also overfishing is another significant problem as well, along with various pollutions. So to address these issues, um, it takes collaborative efforts. It needs everyone, um, individuals, organizations, and governments to come together and take action to protect our ocean. And we need to advocate for the ocean. We need to care more about this. And um, we're all connected at the end of the day. And it's really up to you to see what you can do to take part in this global effort to try to make this a better place to live for everyone. And that brings us to the end of today's roundtable. Thank you so much, Xingyu and Josh Cotterell, for joining the discussion. I'm He Young. We'll see you next time. Delve into a world of words with Books and Beyond, a podcast made especially for audiobook lovers. I came into the world as the youngest of five children. I wondered children. what Her Majesty would be like. Fie upon you, limpid one. Why have you taken... Immerse yourself in gripping stories and timeless classics from the comfort of your own personal space. Sun Tzu underlined three points on the context game There was initiative. no better wine, and not to mention... The Whether you're a bookworm or a casual listener, our carefully curated selection of audiobooks will transport you to new worlds and stir your imagination. Subscribe to Books and Beyond and start your audiobook adventure now on radio.cgtn.com or your favorite podcast app. 我爱你, I love you. 我爱你. 
This might be the easiest way to say "I love you," since there are so many other romantic expressions. No matter if you're a rookie, 你好，我的中文一点点。Or a sophisticated learner, 我来北京五年了，我是本地人。There is definitely something that will interest you. Check out Takeaway Chinese, a world that starts with 你好。